0: Welcome to The Encourage Project. I'm Amy Fairchild, and I am so thrilled that you're here. You know, today's guest and I were talking right before I hit record, and, and I live in Northwest Arkansas, and this time of year, it's summertime. It's just getting dark, and the cicadas are in full force. And to me, it sounds like they're coming through my windows, but, but the guest assured me that she can't hear it, so hopefully it won't distract us at all. I'm happy that you're here, and I'm so grateful that you're part of this community uh, one thing I want to let you know, Apple has recently changed how you interact with podcast episodes so you don't subscribe any longer, you follow. So if you haven't followed us yet, hit follow on that and leave us a review at, at the end of today's episode or any time. Let us know what's working for you. Let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. You can also follow us on Instagram at the underscore encourage underscore project. So before we get in with today's guest, I want to talk just a minute about trust. And I don't mean with other people. I mean with yourself. So this week, (laughs) I have been tested in really, really big ways. Several big things that I have been manifesting and praying for essentially and working toward in a couple of different areas of my life feel like they're about to come to fruition. And (laughs) out of nowhere, I have been ambushed by what I kind of referred to as the three demons, you know, fear, insecurity, and doubt. And there's no good reason for them to have shown up. None. You know, Uh, for example, there's a business person that I've really been wanting to work with because I really believe in what he's doing. And I know I can help him evolve his business. And we have a strategy session set up for next week. I mean, that's a huge win. You know, here on the podcast, I was able to get today's guest. And I'll tell you about that in a second. That's a huge win. And on the personal front, I recently met a really superhuman And we're having a lot of fun getting to know one another. So everything is great. Basically, my life's about to go supernova. And then then the demons decide to camp. And so the things that they say to me are things like, oh, you don't really think you can help that business, do you? Oh, you don't really think anyone wants to listen to that podcast, do you? And you're not really that smart. Why would anybody want to go out with you? And, And a couple of days ago, I was just like, holy crap, Stop." And, and I spun for a minute and then I got really, really quiet and I got tuned in. And I remembered, you know, this thing that's happening, the demons that are camping out, this is a good thing. You know, it happens every single time something amazing is about to happen in my life. And I remembered that I learned that about three years ago. And so I spent some time in reflection. I spent some time journaling. I talked with some people who love and support me. And I reminded myself that I trust the process. I trust the process. I trust myself to make good decisions and to be prepared and to be curious. And I trust myself to stand in my worth. And while it hasn't really made the demons like vacate the premises, um, it's okay. It sure has shut them up, you know. And and what I was reminded is that light and dark cannot exist independently. They must exist together, you know, and there's real comfort in knowing that. It means that neither are permanent and both have gifts and lessons to offer. So today I want to encourage you to trust the process. When the demons show up and decide to camp out, invite them in, have them take a seat. And watch the show. <laughs> trust yourself and trust that everything that you desire and open yourself to will come. So there you go, friends. Let's get into today's episode. I have wanted to have today's guest on the show since the show began almost a year ago. My friends Shana Cornelius and Dana Styles of Dayluna Luna had her on their podcast, and I was immediately drawn. To her power and her presence, Um, what I one of the things I really appreciate is that she shoots real straight, Um, and I like that because I'm very much a direct speaker. She radiates assurance, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Leah Steele, the Wealth Witch, is a CEO and founder. She is the host of the Wealth Witch podcast, a top wealth and entrepreneur podcast for women. She is a holistic wealth strategist and thought leader. And she's the creator of the Emotional Residence Clearing Modality. Her purpose is to inspire and empower millions of people to wake up, repattern their wealth programming, and reclaim their divine right to be wealthy in every area of life. She coaches, mentors, and guides those who are ready to create the abundantly wealthy lives and businesses they deeply desire. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> so, without further ado, I would like to introduce the Encourage Project community to Leah Steele. Welcome. Hi! Thanks so much for having me. Wow! What an introduction. <laughs> I'm so excited. It was like I think I might spontaneously combust. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, before we dive into some of the meat, I want I want you to share with the community today. Tell everyone just a little bit about you. Um, kind of the fact that you're clearly on the opposite side of the earth from me right now, and, and maybe just some, give people some context who may not know who you are just yet.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm Leah Steele, um, AKA the wealth, Witch, uh, which is a moniker that was given to me by my clients. Actually, it wasn't something self-chosen, <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I live in Bali, Indonesia, I'm originally from the United States, uh, grew up in southern Idaho and Utah wow. and moved with my family, uh, sight unseen, had never been to Bali, but uh, was called, uh, guided and directed and sold everything we owned and moved to Bali with two of our children, who at the time were three and 12, three years ago.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah,
1: so I'm a mom, I'm a wife, um, and you know, I'm a, I'm a person that strongly, strongly believes in on a daily basis, coming back into alignment with the purpose and divine mission that I was given on this planet, which is to emancipate people from financial slavery consciousness and help people see how they're being trapped uh, in financial internment and really, you know, it's, there's never been a time like now, um, where it's been as important for us to wake up and do that deep deconstructing and deprogramming work. So that's
0: a little bit about me. Wow. I had no idea you were from, from Southern Idaho in in the Utah area. Wow. That's not what I would have imagined. That's super cool. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you discovered that divine purpose and really what led you there. How did you get that all started?
1: Yeah. So um, I was raised by a single mom who was highly, highly spiritual woman. Um, So I was raised in a very spiritually connected house, but not in a religious house. And so my mom was, you know, and if there was any kind of religious, undertones. It was more along the lines of like Buddhist kind of thought and philosophy. And so I'd been around spirituality my whole life, but, you know, as any good teenager does, when I (laughs) hit puberty, decided that, you know, I wanted to rebel and I didn't want to be anything like her. And, um, I've always really been interested in money and in finance. And so, um, and really just, yeah, in having money and making money. And so, I went on a very opposite path than she did. And, um, you know, I could tell lots of stories about spiritual gifts as a child, but eventually and ultimately I ended up shutting everything down, um, and really moved into a very, uh, business focused, uh, financially driven life for many years. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately ended up going into the family business, which was addiction treatment and owned addiction treatment programs and was very, very successful at that and was very, very miserable. Wow. Um, I built the life of my dreams, which was all the things that I thought I should be doing, you know, living the country club lifestyle, the kids in private school, the nice cars, the huge house on the Hill, like going to all the, you know, amazing gala dinners and, you know, was president of the PTA and on the school board and just doing all the right things. And my marriage was falling apart. My relationship with my kids was very disconnected because I was always just doing, doing, doing something. And I started to have my spiritual reawakening. And in that had this realization that like, while, you know, I always have wanted to help people as well. And while I was helping people in the addiction treatment business, that that wasn't what I was here for. Um, and so as I started rediscovering my purpose, um, I'm a five, one projector. We were talking about that briefly before we, <laughs> hopped the call. but yes. I have that investigative tendency to me. And so I want to know all the things about all the things. So as I was having my spiritual reawakening, I was constantly looking for the hacks Like, how do I get there faster? How do I, you know, how do I expand my consciousness at a rapid rate? Like, I felt like so much time had already passed by. And so and as I started learning those hacks and as they started working for me, I just straight away started sharing them and teaching them with other people. And so that's sort of what started this journey. And then, you know, a few years later, um, I manifested the implosion of my very successful businesses. We lost $3 million, ended up a million dollars in debt, lost our house, lost a car. We're like three hours away from being homeless. And my husband was selling plasma to pay for diapers and formula. And oh so, gosh. And, and at that point, I decided to go all in on my coaching and my spiritual business and
0: never looked back. Wow. There's so much in that story that I could go down rabbit holes over. (laughs) (laughs) the The two things that really stuck to me, though, really in the context of a lot of the folks who are part of our community, was awakening and purpose. So I've I've spoken a couple of different times on the podcast about purpose, and I think it is one of the most common things that coaching clients who come to me are searching for, and and for me. Purpose is not something you find. It's something that you reveal within yourself. And I would love to hear a little bit about how that purpose revealed itself to you specifically. I mean, you said you did some of the hacks and and you had been a spiritual person. What were some of the the behaviors or the habits that you used to help cultivate re-listening to your inner self?
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, first and foremost for me, it's always about devotion to self. And it's the place that I really, truly believe that most people and most spiritual people are lacking. Um, because as people who are spiritually empowered, like we care a lot about the collective and we want to help everyone externally, but we don't really spend that time in personal devotion to self. And so for me, there's a, a string of concepts that kind of really shifted things for me and continue to shift things for me. And that is devotion to myself and dedication and discipline in my personal practices. So making sure that I am really committed to that time that I need to keep coming back into alignment with my own soul and that I'm able to hear the voice of my soul because I'm making a regular practice of checking in with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I think the other thing for me is just it's receiving divine guidance has never been an issue for me. I think, and I think that's the case with most people. Once they start to really tap into this devotion of self and they're, they become disciplined in their personal practices, you'll find that the guidance is actually coming all the time. Yes. It's our lack of ability to take the next right inspired action. That is the problem. Mm -hmm. So those are just things that I've naturally always been able to do. Um, and so that, is sort of how my business started was really helping people tap into that inner ability to take action. Um, I'm definitely an activator. Like I have the ability to come into people's fields and activate them where previously they had, you know, paralyzed will or no will. And so I think that uh, that has been a really big part of my journey. And that was originally what I started helping people with. Um, I think the other thing that's been radically transformative for me is emotional clearing work. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, so much so that, um, I've become, I became an emotional clearing practitioner. I've now developed my own modality, but it's the thing for me that I know gets you. I mean, it is the ultimate hack because where we are facing challenges and obstacles and limitations, we always have emotional pathology that is programmed or conditioned into our organs and meridian systems of our bodies. And, and if that is imprinted consistently enough over and over, we then develop a primary question at a neurotransmitter level that basically puts us on autopilot. So whether we want to do something or not, um, there are, there are forces at play, especially mentally, Um, And having to do with our brain, scientifically having to do with our brain that keep us from being able to fully embrace that thing that we desire to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, the most important part of my work is helping people unpack that and to remove that pathology from the organs and meridian systems of the body and to reprogram those neurotransmitters with positive proclamations so that they can eventually release those negative primary questions.
0: So for people who may not be familiar with the type of work that you just described if I could kind of put it in the layperson the simplest layperson term it's what most people equate with a comfort zone and i think and people don't realize what built the zone and what you described the uh, the emotional genealogy if you will is what has built that comfort zone and the comfort zone feels good and the body is saying hey no, no, no. You don't want to do that. I'm protecting you. I'm going to keep you comfortable. You really don't want to go that far out there. You really don't want to try that because that's probably not safe. And so we're going to keep you right here. And I think that'd probably be the easiest way to describe it for someone who's not familiar with that. Would that be safe to say?
1: Um, yeah, I think in, in some ways, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. Um, obviously, the uh, ego plays a big role in safety. Mm-hmm. Um But I mean, I think for people that aren't necessarily uh, familiar with emotional clearing, what I would say is um, the work that I do is a combination of kinesiology, which is muscle testing Mm -hmm. um, and energy work and um, a body of work called five element theory, which is a 4,000 plus year old uh, body of Chinese thought and philosophy Mm -hmm. um, that's based in philosophy and medicine. And so the, it's quite scientific what I do. Um, but yes. it also kind of falls into this um alternative medicine realm because it's it is spiritually driven. Sure. So
0: it's interesting that that um I actually had energy work done yesterday dealing with the demons that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And it is phenomenal to me what a difference that work makes it, almost immediately. And then for several days after, there are things that just start getting more aligned, if you will, for me. And so if, if, if you're listening and you have not looked into that type of modality, I highly, highly encourage it. It supplements every other self-development practice that you may already have. Um, one of the questions that I have is, you, know, you mentioned dedication and discipline. And a lot of people rely on motivation. And I put that in air quotes. And you know, motivation is finite and fleeting. And how how would you coach someone or work with someone to really help them understand that they need more to rely on dedication than they necessary and discipline than they need to rely on motivation?
1: Yeah, I mean, motivation is an interesting thing because it, it can be quite inspiring, but it is difficult as a human being because of our nature to find something that can motivate you enough that you will continue to show up and be consistent through the hard times. And again, it's this comfort zone that you're talking about. And it's the ego being like, oh no, we're just safe here. We don't really need to, you don't really need to do that today. Right. You could do that yeah. tomorrow yeah. Um, type of a thing. And so, you know, for me, it's the showing up and doing the things, whether you want to do them or not. Right. Like that I think makes the difference in people that are successful and those that aren't. And, you know, from a spiritual perspective, I think there's a lot of like, Oh, that doesn't feel in alignment to me, you know? And so people aren't actually actioning the things that they need to action, but from a business perspective, if you want to have a successful business, you have to show up in consistency. You have to be disciplined. Uh, You have to be dedicated to your cause. Now, I believe that so one of the hacks one of the the secrets to this right is that it's both the dedication the discipline and the motivation mm. but I approach motivation from a different perspective so okay. I'd love to share that with you it may yes. resonate with your audience um I believe you know in figuring out what your big why is why you're here on this planet why you want to do the work you want to do and getting really really specific on that I'm not going to go into that because I think you know, you've probably talked about it here. Most people probably have an idea of how to figure out what that big why is, what's, what motivates them, right? Mm -hmm. A much more powerful practice in my personal experience and with the thousands of clients that I've worked with is tapping into, I'll call it the negative motivation. Mm. So we know why we're doing what we want to do. We know why we should show up because it's going to positively impact these people in this way, right? But what we don't often tap into is the negative impact we're going to have on the planet by not showing up. Yes. So it's, and when, when you're sitting down to do this exercise to figure out what the negative impact is, you don't, you don't play small. Mm-hmm. You exaggerate that. So what is the negative impact of you not showing up and doing your work today in the world? Well, for me, I'm highly motivated by emancipating people from all types of slavery. For me, you know, the work that I'm here to do specifically has to do with with money and wealth and abundance and prosperity, but ultimately when if I make a choice to not show up and deliver a message that I know that I'm meant to deliver, the negative impact that I'm creating and having in the world is that I'm saying it's okay for another generation of children to be born into financial slavery. And in doing that, I say it's okay for child slavery and child trafficking to exist. I say it's okay for children to be working in sweatshops. Um, I say it's okay for, you know, people, children, women to be living in all types of slavery. So when I really tap into the energy of that negative motivation, like that will get me up and out of bed and doing
0: the thing that I need to do every single day. Sure. That's incredibly powerful. I love how you continued to decompose that into the next worst scenario, the next worst scenario, the next worst scenario, you know, in project management, which was my career before I moved into the coaching and serving space. Um, we call that risk assessment. And, and it's what it is. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? What's the best possible thing that could happen? And, and what are the, what are the impacts to what I'm doing? Or and, and you're right. People often don't consider what will happen if they don't. They consider what, what could go wrong and what could go right, but they don't often consider what could happen if they don't do the thing that they have been compelled, inspired, divinely downloaded to do, however you want to characterize that. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing for people to latch on to. Um, if you take those things, if you take looking at Devotion to self and dedication and looking at motivation. And you move those into what you talk about in terms of repatterning wealth programming. How do those things start to set the foundation for the repatterning? And well, before we do that, talk a little bit about what repatterning wealth programming is so that people have a better understanding. And then I want to talk about how the things that we've discussed so far move us down that path.
1: Yeah. So wealth repatterning to me is, you know, we, we all have a money story. We all have beliefs and programming and conditioning around money, wealth, abundance, prosperity. Um, ultimately what's underneath those things is worthiness and deserving, but so, you know, we are, programmed and conditioned from the time we take our first breath on this planet to be compliant commodities. Mm. Our governments operate, operate financially based upon the work that we will potentially do, the money that we will potentially earn, the interests that we will potentially pay. Um, That is, that is what holds up our global financial system. And so from the time we're born, we are programmed and conditioned to be compliant commodities. Hmm. To grow up, to go to school, to get student loans, to pay interest to banks, to, you know, go to university so that we can get a good job, so that we can go earn a wage and hopefully a salary and pay tax to the government so that we, you know, can go buy the house, get the mortgage, pay the interest, lease the cars buy the car, pay the interest to the banks. Like it's all very financially motivated. So that's one part of this, right? So we've been programmed to be, to live in financial slavery consciousness. And in addition to that, we are carrying ancestral DNA memory from our ancestors. So not only do we carry our own programming and conditioning but scientifically proven up to seven generations at this point. Right. So we carry seven generations of ancestral DNA memory. We don't just carry the positive memories of our ancestors. We also carry their programming and their, <laughs> and their the negative things that have happened to them in their lives. Now, if you think about just two generations for most of us ago, our parents, our grandparents and our great grandparents lived during the great depression. Yep. Yep. And they carry a significant amount of money and financial trauma from that. So we, at some level, carry all of that in our system. And where we hold that is in the organs and meridian systems of our body. Mm -hmm. So wealth repatterning is creating a clean slate. It is, it is ripping out a foundation that is rotting, because I always like to say like, you can't build a million dollar mansion on top of a rotting foundation. Yes. Right. And when all you have and all you're existing in is lack and scarcity and fear, which, um, you know, these are, this is really where we are best controlled and manipulated is when we're in emotionally volatile states. Um, and so that's, what's used to activate that programming and conditioning. So what we do is we clear out this emotional programming and conditioning using what I talked about earlier, which is a combination of uh, Chinese medicine, philosophy, thought, and kinesiology. And we then bring people into an emotional state of neutrality around these concepts. So we repattern those beliefs by bringing people into a, a place where they can be objective and neutral. Um, And then from that place, when you're faced with obstacles, it's like you were talking about the demons, right? Like when you're in a place of neutrality, the demons don't have control over you. And so when you come up against challenges, you have the ability to make an authentic decision that's in your highest and best good in that moment versus responding from a programmed or conditioned place that, you know, you may have been carrying for the last five years, 10 years, your whole life, or might've been your great, great grandfather's response, right? So yeah,
0: sure. (laughs) You're like, I didn't even know the
1: guy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, three patterning is all about bringing people to a place of neutrality so that they can make decisions that are in the highest and best good of where they are
0: at that moment in their life. Wow. Wow. The neutral thing is what really brings it all together for me. Um, You know, you and I talked briefly about human design before we started. And for those who may not be familiar with that, I'll post it in the show notes. so You can go do some research, but in my human design, what are my decision um making i'm 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 an emotional authority, and I am meant to respond so when when decisions come up, I am not designed to respond right away. i am I am meant to get neutral about any decision and then go with what makes the most sense at that moment. How do people even a lot of people don't even know that they have a problem to solve. you know people I hear people say, well, you know, I'm just destined to to be this kind of earner. I'm just destined to only have a little bit, or I don't really need anything. How do people even become aware of a possibility for something different?
1: Well, I mean, I think that that's really the hard part, right? Because Mm -hmm. the global financial agenda, it's very successful. Yes. You know, the programming and conditioning is very successful and that's why you have so many people content to live lives of mediocrity and choose to not dream of a life of excellence. And so, you know, I think that it, and I think that, you know, the reality of it is, is that some people are going to be in that place their whole entire lives, Mm -hmm. but if one of your listeners is, you know, having that little like inkling of like, oh, isn't there something more? Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be better than this? Hmm. Life be a little brighter. Couldn't life be a little easier. Yep. If you're having those thoughts and if you're having those feelings, the thing I would say to you is 100% it's meant to be better. It can yes. be better. Um, you can take back control of your life. Money doesn't have to control you. Uh, Money's a neutral resource. It just simply takes on the attributes that we project onto it. And so, you know, there, there is a better way. There is a better life. Um, and it starts that shift starts with exploring those little thoughts and allowing them to turn into something a bit more of allowing our imagination, which has been stifled most of our lives to start to kind of like seed some potential possibilities. Um, and you know, then that turns into allowing ourselves to dream. And then, you know, that turns into, you know, starting to take action on that, but it's, it's an acknowledgement that yes, there's something more. And then it's a decision to be open to receiving information on how to move into that next place. Yes. Uh, and that, I think it's just, it's a willingness piece. It's, it's an acknowledgement, but then also being like, okay, you don't have to know how, you don't right. have to know how you can shift it. All you need to do is say, okay, God, source, universe, all that is, whatever you call it. Like for, I'm always telling my clients, don't get caught up on the name. Like whatever resonates <laughs> with you and where right. you are in your personal life journey. It's like, okay. Yep. I think that there might be something more. And I'm now open for you to showing me how to get there. And that's all you have to do. If you just did that every single day, Mm -hmm. turned it over and asked for guidance, the guidance is going to come. The way is going to be shown. The doors are going to open. You know, it's just like you said, like all of these amazing things are happening. They're happening because you shifted to a place where you were willing to open yourself up to
0: receiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's scary to open yourself up to receiving because what you're saying is, I trust, I'm going back to the beginning. I trust that whatever is out there that is larger than I has my best intentions always at the fore. And that's, that can be very difficult for people to trust. But, but yeah, oh, totally. I am so open. In fact, one of my daily affirmations is, I am open to receiving massive abundance in every area of my life. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Just bring it, have it show up. I'll I'll be ready. Um, I heard you recently. I can't remember if it was an Instagram little video that you posted or if it was part of a podcast. So I apologize. I don't remember exactly where I heard it. But one of the things that you talked about, and I think people struggle with this, when, when we say words like excellence, when we say words like abundance, when we say words like um, having wealth and having prosperity, there is there is a, a large number of the population that translate that to, oh, well, I don't want to be a millionaire. They think that abundance equals millionaire, that prosperity equals Kardashians or or what have you. And what you said was, hey, I, it doesn't matter if you want to earn 50K a month or 5K a month. It's whatever, whatever is abundant for you. Do you remember kind of what I'm referring to that you posted? Will you talk a little bit about that? Because I think people need to hear that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that probably that was a, either a podcast or a snippet of a video that was about money being energy. Um, So it's, you know, everything is energy. Everything is frequency. Everything is vibration. Like, again, like I, I'm a person that is like really highly spiritual, spiritual and very woo, but I also have a very analytic and scientific mind. So it's like, I, I love the woo and I want to be all in the woo, but I want the scientific (laughs) support for it at the same time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So so that's always what I'm searching for. Right. Yeah. Again, it's like, we know, you know, we know from the time of Nikola Tesla that everything is energy, Mm -hmm. you know, and unfortunately that work was repressed for, for us, uh, for so long, but now we're really starting to open up, back up that body of work and really understand, You know, how much everything is vibration and frequency Mm -hmm. and energy. And money is no different. It is an energy. And so, you know, the first thing that I'll say is for the people that are saying, like, oh, I don't want to be a millionaire. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Because it's a million dollars actually isn't that much money. Mm -hmm. Like in the scheme of things, like to you right now in your programming and your conditioning, that sounds like a lot of money because you are complacent and you are conditioned to be complacent and you are conditioned to believe that you want to be, you just want to be comfortable. Like, this is the thing you hear everyone say, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to be comfortable. Why do you think so many people say that? It's because we've been programmed and conditioned to believe that we don't need more that we just need to be comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, for me, I really truly believe that money is this beautiful gift that we get to have so that we can be resourced to go do our work in the world. Yes. Like when you are properly resourced, then you have an ability to make a big impact. Yes. Um, or to make a small impact, but you have to be resourced to make impact. Right. So, but if we just simply look at it from it's an, it's energy, right. So it's just as easy to make $50,000 a month as it is to make $5,000 a month.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's a mindset shift. It's an energetic shift. It's a vibrational shift at that point, but it doesn't require you doing it. You having any more energetic output to make 5,000 versus 500,000 a month. It really doesn't. Abundance is what you decide it is. So for somebody who's making minimum wage right now, the thought of making $5,000 a month may seem incomprehensible to them. Sure. Sure. But that may be, they're like, wow, I just really love to make $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, I think for, for some of us that come into the coaching space and we start to see the possibilities of what you're able to make in the coaching space. It's like, you know, the first thing is like, I can't, I, you want to get to the 10 K month. You want to get to the 10 K month. Um, and you know, you get to the 10 K month and you realize what it took to build, to get your business there. And you're like, I don't even have enough money to pay my bills at this point because (laughs) I have all these expenses, right. It took me to get to this magic 10 K month you know, and then, you know, and then we move and it's just, I call it moving the decimal point over the amount doesn't really matter. It's,
0: yeah.
1: it's a vibration and a frequency and an energy of being willing to receive. And when you start to, to tap into that energy, your belief systems have no choice, but to change Yes, because you start to feel the frequency of the, the neutrality really Or, you know, I mean, and it's like, it is, it is a neutrality because it simply is like money just is an energy and it vibrates at a certain frequency and that's it. Like that is what it is. We are energy. We vibrate at a, sorry, we vibrate at a certain frequency
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and we, Earn the money that we earn or we manifest, if you want to use that word, the money that we manifest by bringing ourselves into different levels and states of alignment with that vibration and that frequency. So I really challenge people if they're like, Oh, I just want to be comfortable. Why?
0: Yeah. Why?
1: Who told, where are you modeling that from? Mm -hmm. Likely it's a parent or a grandparent. Mm-hmm. that instilled that belief in you that to want more is greedy or that you know it it is this um we are taught and conditioned to play small yes because that's how we generate the the maximum amount of revenue for our governments and our financial institutions and organizations so you know, for me, this work is about questioning everything, especially everything you've always believed was true simply mm-hmm. because it is. Yeah. And when we start to question our own beliefs around stuff, like I just want to be comfortable, that's when it starts getting really confronting, but it's also when it starts getting really transformative. If you're willing to stick, stick to it and and move through that.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, the the thing at the end about it getting really confronting as you start to get curious and as you start to kind of push your, your envelope a little bit, you go out on the edge, you know um, that's fear. And that's fear-based behavior. If you, if you kind of, in your journey, I mean, to hear you speak now, I mean, gosh, I just want to go out and raise all my vibrations and get moving to all my stuff. I've, got, I've been making a list all we've been talking, but anyway, I digress. Um Fear at some point in your growth journey into the, into the wealth of information, no pun intended, that you are now, fear had to have come your way a time or two. How did you sit with it or did you sit with it? How did you bring it along or not? Talk a little bit about fear in the context of your own journey and being confronted yeah. with that as you grew into the, into the teacher, honestly, that you are.
1: Yeah. So my model always has been face the fear and do the thing anyway. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I have the constitution for that, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. I, and I realized that not everybody has that ability to be like, no, I'm going to go stand in the face of fear and move through it. And that, and it's neither good nor bad. We, we all have our own gifts that happens to be one of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that was really, really helpful to me that I think may be helpful to your listeners is to explore the David Hawkins scale of consciousness and really look at from an energetic perspective, the vibration and frequency of different emotions. And fear is very low on the scale of consciousness. The vibration of fear is very low. So when you're looking at it just from that perspective and you realize that, you know, the things that are vibrating low on that scale of consciousness are not in your highest and best good. The things that vibrate high are in your highest and best good. So when we find ourselves in states of fear, like human beings, we're, our baseline should be around 500, which is in our heart, right? Like Mm -hmm. we should be operating from love.
0: Yes. right? And yes. That,
1: that's actually how we're meant to operate. We are tribal beings by nature. We are connected to each other. We are connected to the planet. So we're meant to be operating in that 500, anything below that we are being controlled and manipulated, controlled and manipulated to operate in those frequencies. Mm-hmm. Those are States that get us into a negative emotional charge. And so, you know, from that perspective, when fear comes, of course, fear comes up for me. It still comes up for me, it comes yeah. up for everyone. But when it does now, I have the ability because of my knowledge of emotional pathology and vibration and energy to be like, okay, I feel fear. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel anger. I feel whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If I know it's low on that scale of consciousness, I go, okay, I'm, I'm not in my authentic, true Space that I'm meant to be in as a human being, which means that something has shifted me outside of that. Um, And that in some way, something is trying to control and manipulate me. And so Mm -hmm. I can look at it from an objective perspective. um, And that really, you know, it's it's having the wisdom, it's having the knowledge that takes the power away from the fear. For me, when I when I feel fear, it's like, when I say face the fear, it's shine the light on it. Don't push it down. Don't hide it. Don't not talk to people about it. It's like, call your best friend, tell them, you know, tell them that what you're afraid of, find those people in your life that you can literally take a giant flashlight and shine it right on the fear because it can't survive in the light. Yes. It only survives in the shadow, only survives in low vibrational experience, environment, frequency. And so when we expose it it doesn't have power over us anymore and and you know that's scary right it's scary to think about especially some of the things that ha- that we're afraid of in our I'm minds you're to... afraid to share that with people but i promise you you have someone in your life that not only will willingly receive that but if they realize that you can be that for them as well your lives begin to shift in that moment when you when you begin to say hey i'm not willing to live Controlled and manipulated by fear any longer, and I don't think you should either. And we should come together and create a pact so that we can move forward from this and not be crippled in these fear states that the majority of the world is living in,
0: yes, oh my gosh, yes. Um exactly what you just described is what I did the other night when I talked to someone about the the things that were freaking me out. I said, okay, just so you know, I'm even nervous telling you, I'm afraid to tell you. And I'm feeling very vulnerable. And I almost choked on that word because that was hard for me in that moment. (laughs) But I said, here are the things that I'm scared about right now. And I don't know why I'm scared about them. I don't know why they're freaking me out, but they are. And he sat there and he's like, okay. And it was like the most beautiful, okay, like you said, there it was. It was sitting out on the table, so to speak, and the light was shining on it. and And I started to look at it myself and I'm like, oh, all right, well, okay. And, and and moving on, but further to what you said, opening up the space and opportunity for others to do that, I think is where the true power lies. And oftentimes we think, oh gosh, you know, we don't want to go first because it won't matter. It does matter when you take the moment to go first and you give someone else permission to do the same. That's really when power happens, like you said. Oh, I love that. Um, so if you take kind of those things and how your journey has been and how you've learned to push through fear and you've developed this really incredible resource for people to take advantage of. What were some of the things that you did to encourage yourself along the way? How did you celebrate yourself as you moved through these next levels, if you will, of of Leah to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not particularly good at celebrating myself. So I will just (laughs) stop myself there. I'm really good at working.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every guest tells me the same thing. Everyone says, I'm not very good at celebrating myself. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I will say that, you know, I am a, um, you know, I think people, you know, meet me or they interact with me and, and they think, uh, the wealth, witch, like she's a really financially driven person. Right. But the truth mm-hmm. is I'm actually not financially driven. I am very lifestyle driven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's a certain lifestyle that I love to live. Um, there's a certain lifestyle that I love providing for my children. Um, and up until this pandemic that really included a lot of travel with my children, like giving them an experience of being world citizens, global citizens, and seeing lots of different places and experiencing lots of different cultures, um, that's obviously been a little bit stifled. I mean, we're very <laughs> blessed. Of, you know, we live in a different country now, so we are really still getting to experience such an incredible, rich culture. But to me, um, it's lifestyle, and so you know, as I've made more money and as I've continued to hit financial goals or surpass financial goals, that has included an upgrading of my lifestyle. Um, and so, you know, that used to look like trips. So when, as we were shifting and as we were moving the decimal point, right, the trip, the trips started getting nicer. They started getting longer. We were staying in nicer places. And, and that was my, way to celebrate my successes. And so when we'd have a big launch or something really successful would happen, then we would, you know, take the kids on a trip. Um, and so, you know, and that, and that was very, and that's very motivating to me, like to be able to work really hard and then take time off and go spend time with my children, like exploring different parts of the world was really, really incredible and very motivating. You know, at some point about a year and a half ago, I was like, I want to live on the beach you know, we're living in Bali. We were living in a beautiful villa, but I was like, I want to live on the beach and looked into what it was going to require to live on the beach. And it was a pretty significant upgrade in the amount of money that I was making monthly to do it. And I was like, nope, like this is it. This is what I want. This is, you know, and I think within three months I had shifted the decimal point again. And so now we live in this beautiful villa on the beach. Um, and so it's, it's lifestyle for me. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: recently i have you know i've been celebrating myself in financial goals by buying jewelry Mm -hmm. um which is not something i ever would have done before but um you know i've i've also found a jewelry partner here that supports some of the um philanthropic causes that i care about and so when i purchase from them they also support those causes so it's you know Yeah. And I think that's important to me too, like that I'm partially lifestyle driven because there's a lot of, there are a lot of causes that I like to support. And I have to have a certain amount of money in order to be able to comfortably support at the level that I, that I want to support. And so it also is very rewarding to me to send payments and send money to help humanity and help causes that I care about. And that, you know, is actually probably the biggest reward for me is when i have the financial means to significantly help um yeah. in the ways that we're able to and that's you know that's a huge celebration i think to be able to um share and oh, make absolutely. a difference
0: absolutely i wish you guys could see her face she just like radiates as she was talking about that and her smile just lights up it's so beautiful ah oh, this is probably a, a good place to kind of Recap a couple of things, you know, a little earlier when we talked about how a person gets started in awareness and and moving into the next level of abundant thinking and that kind of thing, you mentioned it was curiosity. So what kinds of questions you, you kind of mentioned some of them? Oh, you know, maybe I'd like something different or what would it be like if something were different? So what's the next action then after getting curious, what can people do next in terms of moving on that path?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing, obviously, it's question. I believe question everything. I think the first step to everything is question everything. And again, specifically, those things that you believe are true because you've always just been told that they're true. So that's the first step is to start to question those things. If you really want transformation, if you really want to, you know, I think my my belief of like what it means to exit the matrix Mm -hmm. is you start to question everything. And then the next step I really believe is because what's right for me or what's right for you, is not right for someone else? Yep. And so it's really about questioning everything and then finding what is in true alignment for you. Yes. Um, and it's great to have mentors and coaches and guides and you know, podcasts that you listen to and people that inspire you and people that perhaps have something that you would like to have, whether that's, you know physically, financially, or just mentally and spiritually, like it's great to have guides, but it's so important that we come back into alignment with what is right and true for us mm-hmm. and for our soul and for our, for where we are in our life. So it's question everything, mm-hmm. um, including your mentors, please make sure you're questioning your mentors, because oh, if yes. you are, you're just replacing <laughs> one form of dogma with another But <laughs> question, everything, and then, you know, come, continue to come back into a place of alignment with self. Ask yourself, okay, well, if that's not true, if I've dec- if I've ultimately decided that this thing that I believed always was true, isn't true. What is true for me right now? Mm. And get clarity on that. Yeah. And then, and then take inspired action from a place of what is truly in alignment for you. Yes. Um, and, and it's hard, it's hard in those moments when we're coming into alignment with self, not to want to outsource to the people around us because that's all we've ever known. It's all we've ever done. And this is really where the discomfort comes from.
0: Yes. Right. Is mm-hmm. the is having to choose for ourselves, Hmm. not asking your mom, not asking your best friend, not asking people's opinions. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love that. And oh, there's so much for people to begin with at the end of this episode. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you for your wisdom and your light. And you're just a lovely human. And I so appreciate you being here. How can folks learn more about you or keep in touch with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the best thing is
0: um, to just head over to the Wealth Witch podcast,
1: Um, you know, every resource that I have is there in my show notes, but if you want to learn more about me and what I do, you know, I think that's probably the very best place to go. Um, if you are interested in knowing and learning more about emotional clearing and how to shift some of this programming and conditioning, we just, uh, completed a really, really incredible free 30 day program in my Facebook group. So if you are on Facebook Um, and I'll make sure that you have the link so that you can put it in the show notes, but certainly come join us in the Facebook group. And there is a free 30 day program in there that's designed to help you deconstruct, um, this emotional programming and conditioning around money, wealth, and abundance. Um, and there's 24, uh, emotional clears that are done over the course of 30 days. And there's a lot of reflection and journaling prompts, and there's some really incredible content to get you in that place of shifting your mindset and shifting your thinking. So those are kind of the two places that I would send you. Um, I'm at the Leah Seal on all the socials. And I know you'll put that in the show notes. So yes. I'm, I'm basically everywhere. You can find me everywhere. <laughs> LinkedIn, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all the places. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, the podcast is great. And then if you are interested in more practical application of this work, come join us in the Facebook group.
0: Perfect. I will put all that stuff in the show notes. Thank you again so much. You know, as you guys wrap up today's episode and you get ready to, to continue with your day, what action can you take? As soon as you hit stop today, what action can you take? And I would offer, perhaps you add a new affirmation to your list. And maybe you can add an affirmation that's something like, I am open to receiving massive abundance in every area of my life. Try that on and see how it feels for you. And then as you go into reflection today, you know, the ahas, the oh no's, and the yippies. <laughs> the ahas are what'd you learn and, and what insights did you gain? And the oh no's are what questions do you have and or what concerns do you have? And the yippies are what can you celebrate? Consider this. How can you become more comfortable with the natural discomfort of growth? You know, what habits, what rituals can you begin to create now so that when the demons show up, you get to that neutral place and you have tools to really sit with that and make truly objective, empowering decisions. So there you go, friends. Let's continue the conversation. You can find us at the, the encourageproject.com. There's a little button there that says, say hello, click that, send me a note. I always love hearing from you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And you can also just send an email to hello at the encourageproject.com. Be safe, friends. Be well and take care.